Good ideas are like red wine. They need time in the cellar for refinement. Here's where I keep mine. Welcome to 55 Degrees. Welcome back to the third session in my reflections on grief and the Enneagram. And for those of you who uh, just found this and maybe have not heard the other two sessions, um, I am spending some time in audio form rather than written form, which is my typical means of communication. But I'm taking time to share some reflections in story form and um, via audio of what I'm learning about myself, my grief process, and how the Enneagram is helping me um, make sense of a lot of things. Um, I lost my wife uh, seven months ago to uh, a nine and a half year battle with ovarian cancer. And I've been very consistent and open in writing about it. And some have asked how and why. And that is part of the point of what I'm wanting to talk about today is as a type four, I have a deep need and desire to be known. Within that is... I want you to understand where I'm coming from because often I feel like I'm a little bit different. I have a different perspective. I have a, you know, different point of view. And so it's not so bad for me to have you disagree with me. It's terrible if you misunderstand me. And I'm learning also the importance of speaking because I do have a little different point of view. I look at life and I process information via my emotions and not everybody does that. So if I hesitate to speak, then that's safer and uh, I run less risk of being misunderstood but I also, at the same time, same time, run the risk of you not knowing me. And that's, that's very important. But what I want to focus on today is the word identity. And I've learned a lot in the last three years about what this word means. And it's simply this, who do I see myself as? That's my identity. And it's probably even more importantly, how do I act as a result of this identity? See, I'm a single personality, but I have many identities. And as a four, some of those identities uh, I'm not quite so secure with because I do feel different and I do wonder is this point of view valid? For example, <clears throat> I have the identity as a chef. Uh, I have cooked professionally. I love cooking. I owned a restaurant. Therefore, that qualifies me as uh, going by the identity as a chef. Uh, 
But when I first opened my restaurant, I would not call myself a chef. I did not refer to myself as one, nor did I even wear a chef coat because I could not see myself through that lens. I thought chefs were men and women who went to culinary school and had a lot more experience and traveled and staged in Europe. And I just did not see myself as one of them. But over time, as I began to get comfortable with my role and my identity, I then began to refer to myself as chef. And most of you, many of you know me as chef now, but it took a while for me to step into that identity, even though that identity worked its way out into my career and my life and my cooking and my relationship with guests. So identity is who I see myself as and also what that thought process leads me to do as a result. For example, I'm a dad. That's one of my identities. But boy, when our first son came along, I was scared. I did not know what it meant to be a dad. Did I, did I have what it would take to raise a child? And just like other identities, I think I stepped into that with caution and with hesitance. But now my children are older, out of the house, independent, wonderful young people that I'm very proud of. And yes, I'm a dad now, and I embrace and revel in that identity. And I love the relationship that I have now with them as adults, rather than when they were just toddlers and children. But the identity as a dad influences my decisions uh, on their behalf. And if you don't know your identity, if you don't understand, I, I would just say look at your behavior because your behavior will reflect what it is you think about yourself and who you see yourself as. See, one loss of identity is losing my wife. And that was nearly 30 years. It more time with her than without. And that develops a sense of identity. I am husband. I am partner. Um, I am caregiver eventually. And I think there's a, there's a big, one of the reasons that loss of a partner is so difficult is because now a sense of identity is lost. And we ask ourselves as widows and widowers, now who am I? What do I do? My partner's gone. Who am I? And that has been a big part of my grief, learning and recovering who I am without reference to another person. And the Enneagram has helped me tremendously with that 
sense of identity as a type four. I'm accepting the fact that I look at life a little differently, and that's one of the quali- qualities of a type four. We we often feel like we're we're not status quo. We don't we 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 have a little different take. Our feelings and our emotions uh, make us feel different. And now I'm starting to see I I really need to accept that about myself. Not try to change it, but no, fully step in, embrace who I I am, because that is my unique gift and offering to the world around me. When I was a junior in high school, we had a hypnotist come to our school to do an assembly, and he asked for volunteers, 10 volunteers, and I raised my hand and was chosen, and 10 of us went up on stage and sat in the chairs that he had lined up, and he went through each person one by one and looked in the eye, looked down the line. He came to me and looked, to, looked me in the eye, and he said, okay, you can go sit down now. And I remember that feeling of what's wrong with me? What, why do I not get picked? Why do I get rejected? Well, I think quite possibly he saw something in me that he did not want on his stage. I was different and he could not handle that. Maybe I couldn't, maybe I wasn't a good candidate for hypnosis. I don't know. All I know is it made me feel different And to feel different sometimes makes one feel alone. Now I'm accepting, no, my difference makes me important because I have a point of view. I have a perspective. I have a way of seeing things that other people will need to to receive. It's a story I tell quite a bit. I was taking my children to school one day, years and years ago, and the line of cars leads to the driveway of the school. Everybody takes their turn. Their kid jumps out and runs in. You drive off. And this day, the line was not moving. And I could see one car ahead of me what was going on. There was a a van that was unloading a child uh, out of, uh, in a wheelchair, and they were having some trouble with the ramp, and the car behind me begins to honk. Well, I thought, this person is either extremely rude or they have no idea what I see. And it was everything in me to not throw the van into park and go back and, and yell at the guy. Thankfully, the wheelchair came down the ramp and they, they got the child off to school safely. But it taught me a lesson that sometimes I see something you don't. And the guy behind me did not see the child and the trouble the child and parent was having with the wheelchair on the ramp. And the guy behind me just assumed it was laziness or it was... Uh, something other than what I saw. And there are times, I believe, that we each bring a perspective 
that's very important to uh, the context of the situation. And what I am coming to accept about myself is I look at things differently. I process things differently. I process information differently. And my uniqueness and identity as a type four is really important for me to share. And again, if, I, if I'm silent, I'm uh, less likely to be misunderstood, but I have no opportunity to be a blessing and to offer insight. Here's, here's an, two examples I want to point out of how I think of things, these two things differently than the majority of friends around me. And the first one is the word grace. For those of you who are people of faith and have grown up in a faith tradition like mine, you will certainly know the word grace. And I'm sure in your mind, there is a very common definition that if I asked you to write it down, I bet I could guess what it is. That definition, as I've been taught most of my life, and I'm sure you have if you're like me, that the word grace means undeserved favor or unmerited favor. And that makes perfect sense to a lot of people. It does not make sense to me. I cannot understand why grace would be held as something undeserved when it was something Jesus had to grow in. In Luke 2, it says of him growing up, he grew in grace. And if there was anybody deserving and merit that favor, it would be him, right? So why... Why do we apply that negatively to us and positively to him? See, I, I just, I don't, I don't have that same perspective. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that I look at it differently and maybe offering that thought that grace is something far more wonderful than just undeserved favor. I think it's, I think so much more than that. And that's how I look at it. And my perspective as a type four is allowing me to hold a different view. And from time to time, like now, I'll share that with the hopes that, hey, it might bless you and it might make sense to you. The second example I want to point out that I look at differently, and that is the sense of identity that many people of faith, again, in my tradition, what they hold is what I would call a negative positive. And an example of that is the explanation of an identity. Oh, well, I'm just a sinning saint. Yeah, I'm just saved by grace, that unmerited favor. And I'm just a sinning saint. I'm a mess. And I, you know, just carry on because of uh, the grace of God that goes with me. 
Now, again, I understand that sentiment. I, I just don't, uh, I, I don't buy into it because from my perspective, I don't, one, I don't ever want to adopt an identity that includes a negative. I don't want to think of myself from a negative standpoint. I certainly don't believe the kingdom of heaven views me in that light. Because if I'm now a new creation, the old has passed away. The old is the negative, And the new is positive. So I just don't want to hold on to anything of the old. And I don't want my children especially to do that in regard to their relationship with me as their father. I don't want my kids to think anything negatively in, in light of me. I might say, here's my son. Here's my oldest son. Here's my favorite son. And I, I love him dearly. You might say, well, he's your only son. Well, yeah, but if I had 15 sons, they would all be my favorite. Because even John the Apostle saw himself, I'm the one Jesus loved. He had such a deep, deep affection for him that his identity, the way he saw himself was wrapped up in, oh yeah, I'm the one he loves. It's not, a, there's no negative in there. And so if my son said, oh, you're, you're Kevin, someone said, oh, you're Kevin Shin's son. Yeah, I'm the loser son. That would grieve me to think he sees me or he sees himself in a light that I don't see himself at all. He thinks if he thinks him he's a loser, but he's my son, I I cannot I cannot accept that negative positive. No, he is my son, my beloved son, the one I am proud of. Why do we need to throw in anything negative to that? And that's how I view it. That's how I view my relationship toward my father in heaven. He looks at me the same. In fact, he, he, he thinks of me more uh, deeply and affectionately than I ever can as a uh, earthly father. So I'm not going to embrace anything negative about my identity. You know, I'm probably not the guy that's going to be naturally chosen as the captain of the ship. I mean, I, I think I have leadership qualities, but I'm, I'm not the guy that strives for that. But I am coming to understand my uniqueness as a type four, that when the ship starts to sink, I'm the guy that you're going to go find. Because I know how to cry, and I know how to take action. I know how to grieve and be quiet, and I know how to speak. And I know how to step into a situation that's chaotic and bring some order to it, especially if it's a situation of loss. That's one of my gifts now. That's one of the things that... I have gone through deeply 
but now I have permission to go back in and help you come back out to, to safety and to freedom. So that's why I share this today. That's why I take the risk to speak and why I did it in audio form rather than written form because it's another risk for me. It's another way to step forward and take a, take a new risk to communicate because it's always my desire that my voice would be used to allow you to hear someone else or most importantly, hear, hear your own voice. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.